This is Transistor.fm. This episode is brought to you by ProfitWell.com. They've supported this show for over a month now. Can you can you do me a favor? Can you just go onto Twitter and thank them? They're at ProfitWell and just say, hey, listening to Build Your SaaS, thanks so much for supporting the show. Also, go check out season two of their new podcast. It's at protectthehustle.com. Hey everyone, welcome to Build Your SaaS. This is the behind the scenes story of building a web app in 2019. I'm John Buda, a software engineer. And I'm Justin Jackson. I do product and marketing. Follow along as we build Transistor.fm. How you doing? Well, good. Happy Friday. Happy Friday. This is my th- uh, lovely. Huh? This is my third yeah. call this today. Wow. And, do you have anything left? Uh, I've got some. I got some left. I, I. You just ate a bag of, of trail mix. <laughs> I just ate a, a bag of trail mix. I was that, that was my status update for the day. <laughs> Three calls and a bag of trail mix. <laughs> I, <laughs> I, uh, I am noticing something that is going to be an interesting tension, especially for me, which is I am good at doing phone calls. I'm good at connecting with people. But the enjoyment of my week goes down significantly if every single day I have a meeting. Yeah. And so, like this past week, I think I had things on three or four days. And when I looked at my week calendar, it kind of depressed me. Because one of the reasons I'm doing this is because I want freedom. Yeah. I want to be able to go mountain biking when I want. Yeah, should you should you block off Thursday and Friday of no meetings except for this? Yeah, one? yeah, I think at least so it ends. <laughs> yeah, I think I think actually that's a great idea is to say I'm only going to do calls on a certain day. Uh, I like that idea a lot actually because then yeah it won't get spread out. Right now, I do that thing that people say you shouldn't do, which is I send Calendly links to folks. And then just my whole calendar, any spot in my calendar is up for grabs. Ah. And yeah. Yeah, that would uh that would kind of stress me out too. I mean, I I think I'll have less meetings than you. Mm-hmm. Oh, I do have a few calls scheduled, but uh yeah, I mean at Cards Against Humanity we would have meetings quite often. Yeah. There were rare there were rarely days without meetings and it was just a large even though you get things done, it's a large interruption into your yeah. Your like your heads down time. Yeah, and I think also just in terms of the life that you and I want, we we got into some of this in last episode. What are we doing this for? Are we doing this so that we have some flexibility, so that we can take off in the middle of the day and just be like, okay, I'm I'm going offline for a bit. Yeah. And if that is the goal, I don't want to sacrifice that for, <laughs> you know. Now, there, clearly, there's going to be sacrifices, but I think we can orchestrate our lives a lot more than we think we can. Yes, we are totally in control of that. Yeah. We're the only ones who are in control of that, I think. Yeah. 
Uh, we had an interesting conversation this past week that I, I thought I wanted to just kind of bring out and bring into the yeah. light here. Do you want to uh, kind of describe it a little bit? Yeah, I think I had sent you a message um, that I was wanted to have a call about our, our backlog and our project management tool, which is Clubhouse. Mm-hmm. I was kind of like spinning my wheels a bit as far as like what I should be working on because no, we have a huge backlog. We have some things that are in a... I guess, ready for development bucket. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a couple of things that are in development in various states, but like it was hard for me to look at that list and be, and know exactly what I should be doing. Mm-hmm. To me, it's it's all fairly important. I mean, there's bigger, there's big and there's small stories, but like all of them at some point should probably be done. Mm-hmm. But we hadn't really we hadn't really sat down and together and prioritized any of it. And, um, so it was, it was kind of starting to stress me out a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) This was an interesting call for me because it revealed just how a few things. One, I've been working independently by myself since 2016 right now. And I, so most of my priorities and my work to be done, it was all in my head. I would make myself my own checklists, but you know, when you are doing things by yourself, you just, nothing is going, you're never going to be as uh, detailed as you would be on a team. And you're coming out of this team environment where I'm assuming I know every team has its challenges, but I'm assuming there were a lot like detailed specs. You had some sort of protocol for how stories, product stories were written. Right. Yeah, it was it was definitely much more structured, which, you know, I don't necessarily think it needs to be for us. But, um, you know, we don't really have incredibly detailed stories. We don't really have um, any designs or mockups that have been uploaded or even you know napkin sketches that are uploaded and attached to stories so it's i think it was a it was a couple things it was not knowing which story to pick up because we hadn't really discussed what was important Mm -hmm. right then but also once i would pick one up like what the exact what's the actual problem we're solving or how should this story be approached like we throw stories in mm-hmm. kind of as they come in or bugs pop up or someone has an idea, but there's not really not much of it's fleshed out generally. Mm-hmm. So in order for something to be in our, let's say ready for development bucket, that should really be ready for anyone to pick up and start. It should be, you know, a detailed spec of kind of what, what the problem is it's solving. Um, maybe some technical issues around it or whatever, mm-hmm. but maybe some sketches, maybe some mock-ups, um, some of the YouTube videos you do sometimes to explain things, but mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so that's kind of where I'm coming from. Is yeah, no, I thought um, again, I thought this is so great, and I'm glad that you brought it up, and that's why I wanted to bring it up on the show because I mean, there's so many things here. We're we're yeah. figuring out how to work together, which is already. A, a challenge. You got two independent people and they somehow have to figure out their own process. Um, so, and it's different 
then joining a team, because when you join the mothership, when you join the Borg, you kind of do what the Borg have already figured out, right? Mm-hmm. So you, I think I've been on three teams now, three different teams with different processes and different ways of writing stories and things like that. And yeah, each one was different. And in each case, I had to, uh, I had to mold myself to assimilate. Yeah, I had to assimilate. And so I think that's parts interesting and really like getting things done is an interesting topic in of itself. We were mentioning this new Basecamp book that's out right now called Shape Up. It's, uh, I think, Basecamp.com slash Shape Up, written by Ryan Singer, and is a description of how they work. What did you think about it? I know we haven't read the whole thing, but... Yeah, I haven't finished it all. Um, yeah, I from what I read, uh, it, you know, it certainly resonates. I mean, I think I've you know, read a little bit about how they work just a lot, you know, throughout the years of, of kind of following them and their process. Um, and knowing some of the folks that work there and, you know, I always kind of knew that they had these autonomous teams that they put together to work on a feature for X amount of weeks. And then, yeah, there were some, there were some good nuggets that came out of that. Yeah. I, th- I like the uh, idea of six week cycles, which is what they don't, they don't like the word sprint. <laughs> they don't like the idea of sprinting. And uh, a six-week cycle, that's a month and a half. We've, we actually tried this idea previous to you, like before when you were still working a full-time job. And I think it would be interesting for us to do a version of this. Yeah. That one challenge we'll have is the way I understand it is that they shape the work before they start that six-week cycle. So Ryan says, a small senior group works in parallel to the cycle teams. They define the key elements of a solution before we consider a project ready to bet on. So they're defined at the right level of abstraction, concrete enough that the teams know what to do, yet abstract enough that they have room to work out the interesting details themselves. Yeah. And I I think when you're a team of two... You have to definitely. You we can't work in parallel, uh, obviously. We, we but right. we're going to have to come up with our own cadence of planning work and then completing the work. Yeah, I mean it's going to be interesting because we are we're the we're the senior leadership team and we're also the teams who are going to build it. Yeah. So those can't be done at the same time necessarily. Um, hmm. Yeah, and also I think there will be uh, there's this temptation, at least for me, to go okay because I was starting to think okay six week cycle our next six week cycle, and I was thinking okay, one thing I would love to get done is get this new marketing site out the door. I I don't think I need six weeks, but I think that's a good you know that would be a good thing for me to do. Mm-hmm. So I was like okay I'll take that on, and then John could take on something else. Maybe he works for six weeks. On and maybe it, it, we start. We give ourselves some space at the first bit. Like we give John six weeks to finish the multi-episode player, and that would include things like you know if you need to learn some new JavaScript library or whatever. Right. Yeah. But there's. I think there will. The, 
because we're a team of two, you think like if, if my focus is on the marketing site and your focus is on the player, we could also be missing out on our, both of our having two heads on, you know, yeah. a, a, a right. particular thing. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I don't know how this was going to work out, but we should probably, well, I think th- their book and their whole process, they talk about how they have like a two week cool down after each six week cycle mm. to sort of, I don't, I don't exactly know what goes in in those goes on in those two weeks, but I think they like do, that's where they, they'll write bugs uh, right bugs they'll fix bugs <laughs> uh maybe we do a six-week iteration where we're working on a feature or two features mm-hmm. so one one each mm-hmm. but then the, there's a two-week period or maybe maybe it's three weeks where we do pretty in-depth planning for what's next mm-hmm. yeah uh, to get but together so in the cool down so that we know we know what each person is going to work on next. And during the six week period where we're each working on something, we can jump in mm-hmm. kind of and help. And sort of if someone has a, so one of us is having a problem or is stuck or um, whatever, we, we each know like what this thing is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. So we can hop in and just like lend a hand or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I like that idea. The, the, there's one thing that I, I don't want to say I'm I, I I've been totally bad at because I think I'm getting better at it. This idea of cadence, of having this rhythm to your work, and for us that rhythm is going to have to accommodate all sorts of things. <laughs> it's going to have to accommodate this shaping period that Basecamp talks about. You know where you shape things. And you get things ready, and then it's going to have to accommodate the work, and then it's going to have to accommodate, you know, the kind of the cool down period. It's also going to have to accommodate this idea of we want to have a life outside of work. Right. Yeah. There's also bugs to be fixed, and customer support to be handled, mm-hmm. and biz- other business stuff that needs to be done. So, mm-hmm. yeah, I think. The interesting thing here, reading this book, is that this is a team of 50 people Mm -hmm. or a company of 50 people with teams that are developers and designers together. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. You know, those teams are isolated from customer support Mm -hmm. and they're isolated from all the other business things that happen. Yeah. Whereas we are not. So it's going to certainly be, I think, a much different cadence. Um, Mm -hmm. And I think what's challenging with all this stuff especially actually with base camp stuff <laughs> is that you read it often and i'm like this is such a great idea it's so inspire inspiring to think about how they work you know but then you have to fit this into your own reality and sometimes i get a little bit stuck wondering okay what's the best fit for us and as a Opposed to maybe just what pat- bad patterns are we stuck in that we're not willing to admit or something? You right. know what I mean? Like it's just hard to figure that out. Yeah. The other thing too, I think, as far as the cadence, um, thinking back on some of the book is it might have been the foreword that I think Jason Fried wrote, but just like 
trying to get out of this trap of getting frustrated with long iterations and, and features that take forever and then you finally finish it and you're like not you're not really proud of it mm. maybe it's not in great shape and then you're sort of like exhausted and a little bit i don't know disheartened about it mm. and then 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 you have to sort of start the next iteration and it's like mm-hmm. uh and then you do that over and over and you're just like worn out yeah but yeah so i think yeah it's gonna be it's gonna be tricky i think for us to sort of maintain some sort of balance with all all of the things that we have to do not just have six weeks to build the thing because that there's just so much other other stuff that's going to come out yeah and i mean ideologically this is the other problem is that ideologically i have this idea of us just being this two-person company where you, you, you and again that might work out fine but at the same time, you want to be open to ideas like, well, maybe we should hire some but some folks to do customer support, you know? Right. Um, I, I think also there's this, there's this other element of doing things at the right time in the right order as you grow up. Meaning Basecamp just wrote this book that is the cumulative knowledge of all of their years growing and building since 2004 or whatever. Right. Right. And so for us to think, well, we are just going to hop on that train and just get up to speed already. There's a little bit of out of orderedness of that. Yeah. Whereas right now we are at the stage and maybe this stage is ending. That's part of the tricky part, but we are at the stage where it's still really helpful for us to be answering customer support and identifying with our customers and seeing how we can actually improve their lives when we make good product decisions. And if we rushed out of that phase too quickly, it's kind of like trying to grow up too quick, you know? Yeah, because then... (laughs) Then, then you're adding in, now we're managing someone who's doing customer support. Yeah. And we're spending time teaching them the system and how to respond and mm-hmm. what types of problems you're going to run into. And Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think part of the challenge with all this stuff is figuring out when to do that. May, I think we'll know. I, I think we're getting closer and closer to that, that time where we will want to hire somebody. But... I, I don't want us to try to jump too many steps. I want us to go through all of the phases of development. You know, we're a baby right now. We're not going to jump right to being, uh, you know, a 40-year-old adult. We've got to go through adolescence. We've got to, you know, you know we've got to go to college. <laughs> yeah. And uh, I, I love Basecamp. I love this idea of doing things the Basecamp way. Like, I love it more than I should, probably. I think it's easy to be enamored by what they do based on the the things they write and not necessarily being in the mix mm-hmm. yeah um but yeah i i don't know if yeah, i don't know if we we don't obviously have an answer for this right now but i guess we'll kind of try to see how we can structure this i mean we're going to try to use clubhouse they have a new iteration feature that's i think still in beta that's mm-hmm. pretty pretty bare bones but it allows you to sort of set a start and end date to an iteration and then assign stories to that iteration. Yeah. Um, 
and I don't know. I mean, maybe we end up doing something like customer support is we only do that in the mornings mm -hmm. and then during that six week iteration we have like days of the week that are dedicated to bug fixing and then the rest is just feature work i like i don't mm -hmm. i mean we're gonna have to we're gonna have to do something because it's not we can't just build things all day yeah yeah and again there maybe there will be a good cadence that we come up with that you know, I'm fine to answer more customer support tickets than you if it if it's kind of like doing arbitrage, uh, you know, helping carve out your time. Hopefully what happens is as we grow and build more features and fix bugs, like the customer support will be reduced because we're actually noticing, we're noticing patterns and problems that people have that can be fixed by updating the interface mm -hmm. or... Uh, improving our onboarding and like maybe that's a six week iteration is just like let's redo onboarding to take care of all of these support requests that we keep getting um and then that would potentially reduce customer support although maybe it would also increase people signing up which <laughs> also increases customer support but uh yeah yeah but you 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 sent me a message of a tweet you saw right yeah ben, yeah ben ornstein, ben ornstein. Yeah. yeah yeah i like this tweet it, the so ben's a friend and he says uh here's my new consulting engagement you pay me ten thousand dollars and i delete your project's backlog while explaining that nothing of value has been lost your software project will always have a set known of bug a set of known bugs and to-dos that will never be important enough to fix this week don't worry about it you don't need to track them. They'll just make you feel overwhelmed and guilty when you look at this list. A list of 50 known issues that customers don't complain about is close to worthless. Yeah, it's a good reminder. I mean, I, I think <laughs> sometimes those bugs come up and I'm like, I just immediately feel the need to fix them. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I I like this a lot. I... and. I thought of this after our call because part of what was stressing you out was just going into Clubhouse and seeing the huge wall of yeah projects. Well, yeah, we had no distinction between this is an idea that maybe we should consider mm -hmm. and this is a thing that we should do, but we just haven't scheduled it out or written about mm -hmm. it. Like we had a list of unscheduled stuff that's essentially our backlog that was full of just like ideas or brainstorms or like a customer sent us something that maybe seemed like a good idea, but it's only one customer and mm -hmm. nobody else is really requesting it. So I think, you know, maybe if we throw a lot of those in some idea bucket, those ideas would, you'd be able to group those ideas into features that would maybe make up a six week iteration or, or just forget about them entirely if, no one else is requesting it. Yeah. Yeah. And what Ben is advocating for here is similar to what Jason Fried does, which is some mental accounting on what gets requested. So Jason Fried is famous for saying, listen, I don't I don't need to keep track of all those things. The 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 good ideas kind of rise to the top. You will know kind of through mental accounting what needs to be worked on. Yeah. And I actually there's part of me that doesn't know if I agree because I think there's a little bit of survivorship bias in there where 
you <laughs> you might say, okay, I'm I'm not seeing this thing requested anymore. But part of that could be because those people got sick and left, right? Like they got tired of waiting and, and just took off. And you actually have churn based on those things. Right. And again, maybe you don't need, like me, I, I think there's some value in having a bucket somewhere where you are tracking those things. And I think that's a good solution, at least for us for right now, which is we created a new project called Ideas Mm-hmm. That is just, we don't have to look at it if we don't want to, but when something comes up, I can put it in there. I can attach some support tickets to it and say, you know, here's the the folks that have requested this. And what I like about it is, is it means we're not forgetting those voices. And we, yeah, we can always look back at it every few weeks or maybe every six weeks and just, you know, if if it's a thing that has come up often mm-hmm. or a thing that you just can't get out of your head, then we put that into our bucket of potential ideas that are that we're actually considering yeah totally yeah so i thought i felt like that was a good um i I just felt like that was a good talk uh for us to to hash that out i and i think part as we're figuring this out like how are we going to get this cadence and how are we going to get the right planning for us it really is going to come down to communication Mm -hmm. like you and i are going to be able to take inspiration from the Ben Ornsteins and the base camps. And, you know, I'm sure actually our listeners will have some great feedback on this, on how they manage projects as a single founder or as a, as co-founders. Yeah. I mean, I, I think along with this, like, I think the book even mentioned, like they don't, they don't want to do anything like daily standups and, and all this iteration meetings mm-hmm. and planning, you know, all this stuff, but day to day, I don't think, either of us really know what each each of us is doing and that's maybe not a good thing like i think we have a general idea but it's not like we're not it, we're not communicating every day about like here's what we're doing today yeah or here's what i'm doing yeah um and you th- you think that might be a good thing i think it might be beneficial i mean you know, i think if we had a, if we had these 6 week iterations though and you're only working on one story or one epic of of multiple stories that are related then it would probably be less of a issue mm-hmm. yeah i i actually like that idea too to have a are you're talking about some sort of daily practice yeah i mean it's probably just in one of our slack channels of like hey mm-hmm. good morning here's what i'm doing or like you know I, we've done it a little bit but it's not necessarily in the morning our each of our mornings are different times but yeah no, I like that idea. I think that that would be a good thing to try. I like I like Mike Vardy's, you know, every day getting up. And I was doing this just personally for a while. Sorry, at the end of the previous day, you you write out, okay, what did I accomplish today? And what are the three things I want to accomplish tomorrow? And then you get up in the morning and you've got these three things that, okay, these are the things I really want to, you know, these are the things I want to do today. Mm-hmm. I like that. Um, either, yeah, in the evening or in the morning posting and saying, okay, here's my plan. Even it, I think there would be a lot of personal benefit for that. <laughs> just like, okay, here's, here's yeah. what I, instead of just getting lost in the weeds of, I answered 20 support tickets and then uh, I just kind of mucked around on something without mm. a real direction, I think. Yeah, it's also, yeah, it's also easy to, I think, to finish a day 
and feel like you didn't do anything. Mm, yeah. Even though you did. And so it's probably, it's also easy to get in the habit of not never ending your day mm -hmm. until it's too late. And I think maybe having a point where you stop and you write things that you did and things that are unfinished that you can pick back up tomorrow is a way to sort of like bookend the day. Yeah. Be like, all right, I'm done. I can like turn off and not have to like remember what I was doing. Yeah. I wrote it down. I can open my computer and it's like in my face being like, oh, this is what I stopped doing yesterday. Yeah. Um, I can pick it back up. Yeah. I like this a lot actually. And it, the other thing that I think would be helpful is that you and I have also, which I think is great, taken time away. <laughs> there was, there's yeah. one, there's one day where I was like, I, I, I said hello to you in Slack and I'm like, well, I didn't hear back from John all day. And part, part of me was like, that's great. Like I, but the, the, I think that having a general understanding of like, Hey, I'm going to go mountain biking most of tomorrow. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, if you need to get a hold of me, get me on my cell, just a, a little check in, you know? Yeah. And I, I, I'm mentioning this just because inside of me, I do have a little bit of, um, well, I'll just say it. I have a little bit of fear when this topic gets brought up because in the past, I have been very good at working a lot and then signaling that I'm working a lot. Does right. that make sense? But not actually working a lot? No, I am, or... I am actually working a lot, but the, the, it, it drove me to, because I was trying to impress people or I was just trying to, um, there was this underlying motivation, like I better show people that I'm working or they might think I'm lazy or they might think I'm not pulling my weight or they might think, you know, whatever it is. And uh, I think one thing that we've explored a little bit here is the antithesis to that, which is, no, it's okay if John takes off for a day and there should be um, no judgment there. Do you know what I mean? Uh, yeah, it's. I think it's fine for either of us to say, hey, I'm taking the day or I'm taking six hours and I'm going to ride my bike to Kansas or something, I don't know, whatever. <laughs> but, which I suppose I could do from illinois i love these i love these subconscious desires that just get exposed in the midst of <laughs> uh no yeah but as long as i think as long as we we communicate that i think that would be totally fine i mean i think both of us know that we're both in this for the long haul and we're not just gonna like bail and you know disappear mm -hmm. yeah so so much of this is communication like even just me expressing that out loud right now felt good i've never shared that with anybody that i i used to have so much stress about signaling the work i was doing because i wanted it mm -hmm. to be recognized right. and i i like the freedom of feeling like we don't have to do it that way but with a different motivation which is just like we trust each other, but we're going to give each other a heads up on what we're doing right? for different reasons. You know what I mean? I like that. 
to be aware enough to know when we each need a break and that we're probably going to need breaks at different times for different reasons. Yeah, totally. Totally. Well, this wonderful partner moment has been brought to you <laughs> by Redash. They've been supporting this podcast for over a month. And, you know, just like I mentioned before, I would love for you to get on your Twitter machine and tweet at get Redash. Get Redash, all one word. And just say, thanks for supporting the Build Your SaaS podcast. I really appreciate it. Redash is a open source project. Um, and they also have a, you know, a, a for-profit division. But they're just like us. They're a small team that are trying to do good work. And for them to be generous and support this podcast means a lot to us. You should go and visit their website and try it out. It's redash.io. You get 50% off your first three months uh, when you mention this podcast. And uh, I should tell you what it is. It's, it's a way to connect and query your data sources, and then you can build dashboards to visualize your data and share them with your company. They have this really cool visual uh, editor. It's called a visualization editor. Go check it out, redash.io, and thank them on Twitter. Ha. <sighs> Well, do we want to say anything else about that? That was that felt like the good stuff right there. Yeah, that was good. Uh, yeah, I don't. We can probably revisit it as we actually implement it. <laughs> implement some some sort of structure around our days and weeks. Sweet. All right. So next, John, we should talk. I don't think we mentioned this last time, but we hit another big milestone. We did twenty thousand dollars in monthly recurring revenue. That's huge. We have some we have some air horns to go yeah, off. Yeah, Chris, can you give us some air horns or some something? Some, you know, people saying, "Yay!" Yeah! yeah, it it sort of like it kind of crept up on me and maybe you mm-hmm. too. I don't it it happened and I was like, "Oh, yeah, that happened." It it was it's it's incredibly exciting, but it it's hard to it's hard to really celebrate it cuz it's not the end. I mean, there's still a ton of work. Yeah, to do. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we hit 10k around April 1st. Yeah. April, May, June. So it's really been about three months, maybe three and a half months. Yeah, three and a half months. Yeah. In three and a half months, we doubled. That's crazy. And like, yeah, that's crazy. So, um. We've mentioned this leading up to this, but again, we are so thankful to all of our customers that made this happen. Some of you believed in us very early. Uh, some of you have signed up because of this show, because you were inspired by this show. Uh, we are so appreciative of all of you. Yeah, our our next milestone, I mean, we're we're probably going by tens now. And one of the questions I got today, I was on another podcast and the host had asked for questions and someone said, well, how come you haven't hired somebody now that now you're at 20K a month that will give you an annual run rate of 240,000 or something like that? 200, right now we're at an annual run rate of 247,000. You know, why aren't you paying yourself full salaries, et cetera? We've talked about this before, but right now we 
we have allocated roughly 50% of revenue to salaries. And you've got to think, on top of salaries, we're going to have taxes. So we're trying to set aside 15% a month for that. On top of salaries and taxes, we want to set aside some money for uh, profit to reimburse us for our our work (laughs) and our risk. And then we have expenses. Um, And... One of the things we're definitely watching right now is how much money we're spending on affiliates. Uh-huh. I think it's roughly, uh, these are probably, this is probably wrong, but right now it's roughly 5% of revenue goes to affiliates. Okay. That's, that's a decent chunk. And it could go up. Uh, right now, we only pay out once someone has hit $100. And so we have quite a few folks that are close to $100. Uh, there will be a month where we pay those folks out and, you know, affiliate costs will go up. So I'm a little bit nervous about that. I connected with Nathan Barry yesterday just to say, hey, should, should we be worried about this? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and uh, he really wanted to do a phone call. I couldn't because I said, well, I'm, a, I'm on a chairlift right now. But <laughs> <laughs> um, he's definitely going to have some, some good... Uh, advice on that i mean yeah it's a it's a it's a huge milestone I, we shouldn't undervalue it i mean i think that was a that was a number we had talked about for a long time mm-hmm. as a number where we could both go full-time yeah right yeah. yeah and so i mean it right now it's full-time in the sense that well you folks can do your own math you know 20k in mrr you split that in half that's 10k split that between john and i that's 5k each uh and then of course, there's payroll deductions and everything else. <laughs> yeah, taxes. There's yeah, all sorts. Of, so all sorts we, of we we may decide to adjust our ratio. Um, maybe one day we will do sixty percent or seventy percent is for salaries. We haven't done really a full financial cycle yet, and so I think both John and I are a little bit conservative. Yeah, I mean, we didn't. I think we'll have to wait and see at the end of the year what sort of taxes we have to pay because you know we didn't we didn't really pay any last year just because we didn't have a profit to pay tax on Mm -hmm. um so we'll have to keep that in mind uh infrastructure costs infrastructure costs you need a new laptop yeah a new (laughs) computer uh yeah there's there there are there are things there for sure and and yeah. and unexpected we still don't know what our unexpected costs are going to be um right i mean i think that's some of the that's some of the money we set aside right for profit and sort of just like mm-hmm. something could come up between now and the end of the year that we're going to have to pay some sort of substantial amount of money for yeah so we're and we're building up a, a pretty to be honest i would love for us to have at least 6 months worth of cash in the bank and uh, even better <laughs> would be 12 months cash in the bank. I, there's just something about having cash, especially there's a looming recession coming. Um, yeah, it's, you, do you mean six months for personally or for the company? Uh, six months cash in the company for enough to pay six months worth of salaries, six months worth of uh, infrastructure costs. So basically our our costs. Yeah, that's, I don't, Maybe maybe a listener knows more about taxes and things, but like you're gonna, if we have that in the bank, we end up paying tax on that because it's profit. That's right. Yeah, 
it would be retained earnings. The benefit, of course, <laughs> is that um, is that we are our corporation will be taxed less than our personal tax rate, right. and um, the cash gives you stability if things go bad. And so if we, we could take all of that as disbursements and just put it in our own savings accounts, but we would pay tax on that. I mean, we might, we might want to do that too, but then, um, it's just really nice to have that flexibility of if there's a big storm that comes, you and I know, okay, we've got some runway where we can take care of this, but yeah, it, actually, that'll be a good thing to think about. I'd love to hear from our listeners. Uh, we should do a, We should do a, an episode with our our accountant. Uh, we should. <laughs> where where he, we can ask him about all that stuff. He's he's an interesting guy. We should. <laughs> cool. So uh, yeah. So that's uh, that's that big milestone. Uh, we are going to New York. I'm hoping you'll be able to join me in two weeks. I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah, you're speaking. I'm speaking at Laracon, and then I've booked some extra time uh, after the conference. And so if anyone is listening right now, and you are in the podcast industry, you work for Spotify, Gimlet, Stitcher, really anybody in podcasting, we would love to meet with you. I would love to meet with you. I can't always promise John's going to be there. He... <laughs> <laughs> he... Yeah, I may be an in, in, uh, introverted Corner. John might be in his float tank. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, we would love to meet with you. I'm hoping even to maybe do a little meetup in New York if folks are interested. I wish there was a good way to plan all this. Uh, I've always just done this really ad hoc, but reach out on Twitter. I'm the letter M, the letter I, Justin. You can email me, justin at transistor.fm. Uh, if you're an engineer at any of those companies, uh, John would love to hear from you. So, yeah, just reach out. Um, we are not planning on traveling a lot. And so this is, if you are in that area, uh, this is a good <laughs> chance for you to get a hold of us. We're not going to be at uh, Podcast Movement this year. So this is a, a good time for us to connect if you are in NYC. Cool. I think that's good. Hey, any anything else yeah. you feel like talking about? Uh, not yet. Not not at the moment. I think that was uh, that was pretty nice. Good. Well, let's give a shout out to our Patreon supporters. Yeah, thanks as always to our supporters uh, for making this show possible. Uh, we have Colin Gray from Alitu dot com, uh, Josh Smith, Ivan Kirkovic, Brian Ray, Miguel Pedrafita, Shane Smith. Austin Loveless, Simon Bennett, Corey Haynes, Michael Sitver, Paul Jarvis, and Jack Ellis, Dan Buddha, my brother. DanBuddha.com. Did, did you guys talk about a podcast you could do together? Uh, not really. <laughs> no. No, we, he, I think he mentioned the Muppet one. But. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think one thing to mention that I kept bringing up, and I think this is good for Dan or anybody else, is I've often said I would do this show whether we had listeners or not because there's just yeah. value in getting on microphones for some reason, and it makes us be a better version of ourselves, and we have these really great conversations that 
are recorded, but where we can dive into these deep issues. And yeah. uh, I think if you're thinking about starting a podcast, you know, I've thought about starting a podcast with my sister, for example. Uh, I thought that would be interesting. Or even my parents. Like, there's there's all these people that I should probably be connecting with on a regular basis. So there you go, Dan. You think of, think of someone you just want to connect with on a regular basis and start a show. We got uh, back to the list here. Darby Frey, Samori Augusto, Dave Young, Brad from Canada, Kevin Markham, Sammy Schuchert, Dan Erickson, Mike Walker, Adam Devander, Dave Junta. Junta. Junta, should, Junta should come to New York. He should. Yeah. Just show up. Do you think the magic would be lost if I met him in person? I don't know. I've I've built him up to be a giant of a man in my mind. Uh, I don't know. He's a good dude. I think he'd like you get you get along. Okay. All right. Junta, come to New York. Crash at our Airbnb. <laughs> uh, Kyle Fox at getrewardful.com. And our sponsors this week, Profitwell and Redash. Thanks so much, folks. We will see you next week. Podcast hosting is provided by Transistor.fm. They host our MP3 files, generate our RSS feed, provide us with analytics, and help us distribute the show to Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. If you want to start your own podcast or you want to switch to Transistor, go to Transistor.fm slash Justin and get 15% off your first year.